Welcome back to Redefine Fitness. It's Kels. Oh my God, you guys. I put up a question box about nutrition and food questions because I real I have not talked about food on the pod in some time because I did one episode, I think it was episode 10, but it's called The Key to a Healthy Diet. And I feel like it was so all-encompassing that I was like, done, I've said my piece, I don't need to talk about this. But then I realized this is kind of ridiculous because I should keep talking about the things that matter. And food is obviously one of those. Nutrition is a huge piece of redefining fitness and living um, healthily, right? So my apologies. Um, And I do want to say, if you have not listened to that first episode on all things nutrition, please turn this off, stop, pause, go back and listen to that one first. Um, The beginning of that episode is exceptionally sobering. And that is because I begin by bringing awareness to the danger of disordered eating and the prevalence of eating disorders still today. And I feel like I can never speak on nutrition, especially in the context of health or wellness, without recognizing that so many women struggle or have struggled with disordered eating to some extent, and that it is still so prevalent. And the whole, spoiler alert, but the whole, whole point of that first episode is to drill as hard as I could that the key to every healthy diet is your mental relationship with food. And I stand by that always. So that said, um, I want to dive into some other things, some things that I kind of glossed over or answered rapid fire on the last nutrition episode that I want to go into greater detail on today, including all things macros. So we're going to actually start with macros and I'm going to kind of give just like a dump of information and then just off the top of my head. And then I'm going to go comb through and answer heaps of your individual questions that you sent through. Um, And yeah, we're just going to start there. And then I'm also going to be sharing some of my go-to high-protein meals and go-to high-protein snacks that are just on repeat in my life and my household right now. So this should be helpful for you guys. I really hope that it is. Um, Without further ado, macros. Short for macronutrients, what is a macro? There are three macronutrients, proteins, carbs, and fats. These are nutrients that our bodies need to function, okay? This is every everything that we eat, um, pretty much. I mean, we're not going to get into real scientific specifics here, but pretty much all that you eat, every bite of food you've ever taken fits under one of those macro categories or many of those macro categories, sometimes one, sometimes all of them, everything can be broken down into proteins, carbs, and fats. Now, you've probably heard the term counting macros or if it fits your macros and paying attention to macronutrients instead of calories was a swing um, in the industry. I'd probably say like a decade or so ago where it really started to become prevalent, um, more so like eight to six years ago, I think where it became really more mainstream. And I think that overall it's a good swing because instead of um, the focus being on eating less, like perpetually just eating less or going on these crazy ass fad diets, which are so unhealthy, 
It was like, hey, actually don't pay attention to how many calories you're eating. Pay attention to the macros that you're consuming. And if you eat a certain macronutrient split, like you intake a certain um, percentage of protein, carbs, and fats each day, or a certain number of grams of each of those macronutrients each day, then you can really eat for your goals and you can hit your goals and you can eat whatever you want without restricting yourself. And there are some really good um, sides to this. And I have experienced some great um, personal wins counting my macros and learning about macronutrients and nutrition. And I will go into more of that, but there are also cautions, um, like with anything, right? I think, yeah, so there's some, there's some pros, there's some cons to counting your macros, but back to kind of what that is. So basically for proteins and carbs, it is four calories per gram. For fats, it is nine calories per gram. So basically every gram that of food that you're eating is giving you, it represents calories, right? So basically with counting macros, you're going to be assigned, there's a, you used to have to go to a nutritionist to do this, but now there's a heaps of different macro calculators and counters online that you can use and different apps and things. And Basically, you're going to give them your height, your weight, your lifestyle, if you know it, your body fat percentage, and they're going to take your TDE, which is your total daily energy expenditure, and they're going to calculate your macronutrient split for your goals. So what are your maintenance calories, which is like how many calories is your body burning approximately each day, just living, just being alive. Um, And then it's like to be in a cut, what's called a cut is to be eating under your maintenance calories. To be in a bulk would be eating over your maintenance calories. Now, if you want to bulk productively, then you're going to be eating a very high protein. You're going to be paying attention to your macros so that you can take those surplus calories and turn them more efficiently into more muscle, which is why most people bulk is because they want to gain more muscle. Now, I feel like I'm rambling. I hope that this is all making sense. I have no notes. I'm literally just dumping um, because I want to get to the pros and cons, but I wanted to establish some groundwork here. So basically with counting your macros, some base, like base things to pay attention to, I think it's really important that you never um, restrict too much. It's tempting to find out, you know, your maintenance calories and be like, okay, I'm going to eat 800 calories less or 500 calories less. And that's essentially not sustainable most of the time. And it's not healthy most of the time because that will put you in too low of a deficit and you're not getting the energy that you need. You're not going to be able, be able to fuel your workouts, let alone your life and your days, and you'll get grumpy and you will eventually break. And that's going to lead to that restrict and binge cycle, which we don't want, right? So in theory, if you have a macronutrient split and you are paying attention to the macros that you're eating every day and you're in a moderate deficit, then you are going to be able to essentially eat whatever you want as long as it fits into your macros and reach your goals, right? It sounds wonderful. And I think it can be wonderful. Um, but there's a couple misconceptions and a couple things that I really want to point out. First and foremost, you do not need to count your macros to reach your goals. I did not I am case study number one. I mean, my big body composition transformation that originally went viral, I did not count macros. I had not even heard of it. I didn't even know what it was. Um, 
I was introduced to macros probably two years into my journey. And honestly, when I first found out about it, it was a huge win for me because after about a year of just switching to a healthier diet, I started to realize um, learning about macros and starting to track macros empowered me to realize that I was kind of not eating enough. And coming out of so many really insane diets um, from my youth and you know early adulthood, I felt like I was doing really well. And I, I was, like I had made progress, but I realized, whoa, I could be eating a lot more. And so I started to, and I felt amazing. And I would eat a donut almost every day, or I'd eat, you know, I'd fit in treats. And it was like, it was really cool for me to kind of break the stigma surrounding good and bad foods. And there was a time probably a couple years where I counted macros really, really religiously. Like I really got into it for myself. Um, I think the lowest that I went during that time was like 1700 calories, but mostly I was eating more around like 2000 to 2200 to 2600 calories with my lifting. And I was feeling amazing. Um, I was able to build more muscle, I think faster. Yes. And build a lot of the physique that is like the foundation of my body right now. And I've had a really positive experience with macros macros and macro counting. So I see that side of it. And I think for some women, counting macros can be helpful and it can be a fun and sustainable way to challenge yourself and fuel your body with more micro and or macro and micronutrients, right? And um it can be good. It can be great, right? But personal cons. So after a few years um, of counting macros on and off, mostly on, I realized that I had entered a phase, um, and I won't go too deep into this, there are other episodes about this, where my distorted body image, we'll say, was um, raging again. Um, I feel like my mental relationship with myself and my body had taken a turn, um, kind of in a downward spiral, and I, I didn't really... It, it's very hard for me to admit that even now. Um, go please and listen to the episode, How Can I See Me? If you want to hear all about this journey of mine. But it got to a point, long story short, where macro counting for me became obsessive. And it became a way that I funneled my obsessive compulsive disorder and really just instead of empowering me, it started to um, fuel my guilt. Like if I didn't hit my macros exactly, or if I went over what I thought was, you know, too much or had too many off days, I would panic. I would start to be fearful of food again. Um, And I was the freedom that macro counting in the beginning gave me, it kind of, I became a prisoner to it instead. And This is why I want to always point out the cons with macro counting, because for anyone who has a history of disordered eating, counting stringently anything, whether it's calories or macros or anything else, it can be a huge trigger and it is something to be very aware of. So as I always speak to your diet, right? If the key to a healthy diet is your mental relationship with food and the goal of eating is to fuel your body, to feel your best, which it is, and if you don't feel that way, it needs to be, then obviously your best and healthiest diet, and when I say the word diet, I mean way of eating, is going to fluctuate and change throughout different phases and stages of your life, right? Whether you're pregnant, whether you're nursing, whether you're 
more active, less active, whether you want to be vegetarian or vegan, whether you have um, certain health things that you're paying attention to more than others. I mean, my way of eating has shifted so much even since, you know, that initial big year where I essentially completely overhauled my diet and learned to just eat healthier overall. It has changed a lot. Um, it There's some things that have remained the same, some like pillars, but it fluctuates. And I think that it always will. And I think that is a very healthy place to be. Now, that said, um, I could get into a lot more specifics about macros, but I'm going to answer, I'm going to come back to these things when we go through more of your questions, because you guys had some really good questions surrounding this. So basically, um, let's, let's just jump in, right? I'm going to scroll. I'm going to try to pick questions that represent multiple questions asked, if that makes sense. But, um, this is a really good one. So ways to take small steps to, to improving diet, e.g. start with the water target or fruit target. I think that your answer, your example right there is the answer. I can't remember if I spoke about this on the last nutrition episode or not, but basically I completely overhauled the way that I ate to be healthier overall by making one simple change at a time and incorporating it in until it became my normal. And it was no longer daunting or overwhelming. I had tried so many damn times to overnight overhaul my diet and shocker, it never worked. It never lasted. And it would only always lead to me binging and feeling worse about myself and feeling that negative spiral, right? So personally, the first thing I did was I decided to learn how to drink water. I hated drinking water. It's still not my favorite thing, but I mean, guys, I drink more Dr. Pepper than water. And when I decided to change this, I didn't say I'm not going to have any more soda. I said, I'm going to hit this water goal every day. And once I am properly hydrated, then I'll have soda if I want it. And so I did that. And at first it was very daunting. It was a big shift. And after a couple months, guess what? It became normal and it was no longer overwhelming. And I picked something else. And the second thing that I personally picked was I'm going to eat vegetables. Um, not proud to admit it, but there were times in my life where I would go like a month without eating a vegetable because I didn't like them. And I was a grown ass adult and you realize like, whoa, I get to eat what I want and I didn't want that. So I didn't eat it. Um, I didn't say that I couldn't have French fries or other like favorite snacks that were less healthy or nutritious, but I decided, you know what? I realized there's a benefit in actually eating foods that have fiber and micronutrients and are less processed. And I feel better when I do eat those kind of foods. And so I was like, I'm going to eat vegetables. And I did start to feel way better. And I had a vegetable goal each day. And when I ate my vegetables, then I would allow myself to snack on whatever other things I wanted. But long story short, it's, that's the answer. It really is to take the small steps. And that is how you overall overhaul your way of eating, um, sustainably and you keep it. Um, healthy relationship with food and intuitive eating. So this is an interesting one. I think, um, I would love to have like an intuitive eating specialist on here. I think intuitive eating is wonderful. And I think in a sense, that is the goal. However, I think it depends on what you are defining as intuitive eating, because the fact is, yes, our bodies are designed to, you know, you, we need to learn instead of 
curbing our hunger, we need to learn to honor our hunger. Like that's a very base, I think start there, right? As far as intuitive eating goes, instead of focusing on curbing your hunger or learning how to deal with being hungry and not eat or eat as little as possible, focus instead on honoring your hunger. That is the base of intuitive eating, right? But when it comes to what to eat, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I want to eat a whole goddamn box of sugar cereal. And that's intuitively what I want. Or, and then, you know, top that off with like three bars of chocolate. And that's not going to make me feel my best. That's not what my body really wants or needs. And so even though that intuitively is what I might want to eat, with my knowledge, knowledge is power. And with my learnings, it's like, okay, I'm going to have one bowl of cereal. I'm going to have one bite of chocolate. And then I'm going to make sure that I have fueled my body with more nutrient-dense foods um, in addition to that or prior to that. So again, healthy relationship with food if you feel like you don't have a healthy relationship with food, or if you have triggering behaviors or um, behaviors that are, again, based in food fear or guilt, I please urge you to look up Alliance for ED on Instagram, look up the Butterfly Foundation, seek out help because there is so much help available these days and there is healing and you can heal your relationship with food. I can't give specific advice without knowing your specific situation, but I know on my personal journey, it's looked a lot of different ways and that is the paramount piece of a healthy relationship with food is your mental relationship with it, as I keep saying. And then as far as intuitive eating goes, I think focusing on remembering that your hunger cues are there for a reason and thinking of those as a hero and a friend and an empowering thing instead of like a shameful thing or something that you want to silence, that is really important and your first step. Um, okay, let's see. Lots of people are asking about protein, how to get more protein in. We're going to talk about that um, in a bit. Why don't you become a nutrition coach? You guys, I am a nutrition coach, but that is not what I'm doing online. And that is never what I'm going to do. I'm never going to take clients. I, once I learned about macros from a friend of mine, and once I kind of did all the online research that I could, I decided to take a course and I studied and got, I became a certified fitness nutrition specialist through NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine, which was an informative course, but I didn't agree with everything in it. And I do know a lot about nutrition, but because I know deeply and intimately the barriers surrounding nutrition and women's nutrition especially, and the mental relationship with our eating and our food, I will never generally hand out nutrition advice. It is individual and I feel very passionately that my purpose on my platforms is to scream from the rooftops exactly what I've been saying, that your mental relationship with food is most important. And before you seek out any specific nutrition advice, start there. And also if someone is giving out, you know, if someone is telling you that there's one right way to eat or one pill or certain diet that is like the end all be all thing they're selling you something and that's a load of bullshit because there are many different ways that you can eat and many different types of eating that can be healthy. Um, but it's not a one size fits all and it never will be. There are a few exceptions to that rule, such as staying hydrated, 
be properly hydrated. That is like the most slept on piece of nutrition. You will be amazed at the impacts and the differences you will feel and see in your life and in your body, in your brain, in your sleep. I mean, if you are properly hydrated. So if you are not on top of that, start there. No one wants to hear that, but it is like one thing that everyone can do. Everyone should be doing, and you can be perfect at that. So that's one. Um, let's see. Do I drink pre-workout? What's my favorite? You guys, I've got a confession. <laughs> I never, ever, ever have been a pre-workout girly. Like I've never fueled my workouts with pre-workout. Not ever until about eight weeks ago. <laughs> I just tried one one day at the gym on a whim. And oh my gosh, I was in love. It was the first one that I've tried that didn't like make me shaky or feel like I was going to vomit. And I don't know if it's a gentler formula or whatever, but I absolutely loved it. Now I will say Ryan and I, um, switched to decaf coffee, which I know it's a big thing, but here's the deal for all my coffee lovers. I realized I had this massive epiphany that if I drank decaf, I didn't need to limit myself. Like a latte at midnight? Hell yeah. If I want eight cups a day, great. Why not? It's like Ryan and I can start our days and end our evenings with a nice, warm, cozy, comfy pot of coffee and drink as many cups as we want. And if it's decaf, it's all good. And so it's like, I feel like decaf is the best kept secret and the most slept on thing for true coffee lovers. Um, we've been loving it. So basically Ryan and I both, Ryan went first, actually, he was my inspo. We got off of caffeinated coffee and that is when I tried this pre workout drink a few months after that. And I really felt a boost in my session and I was like, this is fun. I like this. So I've started doing that quite regularly, probably like three or four sessions a week. I will fuel with pre-workout and damn, I'm lifting heavy. I'm feeling amazing. And I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm not going to lie. So that's, that's a big, big new change for me. Um, okay. Let's see. Do I count macros? So again, with the macros and how to lose weight without counting macros, lots of macro questions. So let's hit on a couple more of these. I actually, um, I have, sorry, I'm just going to read through a few more of these about macros quickly. Okay, cool. So I'm going to give you guys, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is something I want you guys to tune into. On macros, if you want to try counting macros, or if you are looking for a way to pay more attention to your eating, um, especially if it's more goal-focused, there is a hack. And it is not about counting macros per se, but it is about counting your grams of protein. I think that if women just started there, most women would be flabbergasted with how little protein they are intuitively eating or naturally eating. I think I used to eat maybe 30 grams of protein a day, maybe 50 at most. And now I regularly eat like 120 to 160 grams of protein every single day. Um, and I know that because of my years of counting macros and because of my background in nutrition, I know what is in the foods that I put into my body. It's very intuitive for me at this point. And so whether or not I'm tracking anything, I know if I'm getting enough protein and about how much. And I feel a marked difference when I am. Um, 
And also that is one way that you can maintain your muscle mass, grow stronger, and it is less, um, it is less, I, I, I want to say dangerous, but I feel like that might be, might be too strong of a word. It's a great way to kind of dip your toes in the water of tracking your food without becoming obsessive. So if you just kind of keep a tally, whether it's in an app or whether it's just in a notes in your phone of like, ah, I ate this and that had approximately this many grams of protein. You don't have to be exact about it, but if you loosely track how much protein you're eating and aim to start for a hundred grams of protein every single day, you are going to be more satiated after your meals for longer. You are going to be able to lift heavier. You're going to be aiding your muscles in repairing and growing stronger you're going to feel a lot better. And that is something that I've advised to a lot of women in my life or people who have directly asked me for nutrition advice. I think it's a great, great idea to eat a higher protein diet if your goal is to grow stronger and or lose body fat. And especially if you want to do both those things at the same time, right? So um, so do I count macros? This, this question kind of reminded me of everything. I'm actually back in it. Uh, it's probably been... Well, let me say, when I travel, no. When I travel, I don't track a damn thing. I'm just existing, um, enjoying and working usually. But since I got home from all my travels, which I guess has only been about a week and a half, I am diligently counting and tracking my macros. Well, really my protein, but the rest kind of follows. And it feels so good. I feel like I've taken a long enough break away from it that it's really fun and inspiring and motivating for me right now. And it's almost like helping me make sure that I'm eating enough, especially in this season where I'm incredibly busy. So yes, I am. And I'm loving it. Um, a couple tips on macros. I do think, well, yeah. Another question, is it important to focus on macros for results when changing body composition? It does. Like I said, you don't have to, to change your body composition, but yes, it is helpful. And yes, it can expedite the process if you are paying attention, especially to your protein and your overall calories. Um, for women, I think we need to eat more fat than we realize as well. I, if you are going to count your macros, make sure that as a woman, you are never eating less than like 30% fat macros. Um, you don't want to mess with your hormones. It's just women, I think, need a little bit more fat than a guy might. But again, I think that intuitively you will be. If you're focusing on your overall calorie intake loosely and your overall protein goal, let the carbs and fats sort themselves out however they will with whatever you're eating along with your protein sources, and you'll probably be in really good shape. Um, okay. The measurement for your nutritious oat protein smoothie. Guys, the reason that there were not measurements in that article that I did for Business Insider is because I don't measure things. And I'm sorry, but like I just I eyeball it like a scoop of protein, a splash of milk, a bunch of ice, you know, like I don't know, like a, a generous amount of oatmeal, a cut like a spoonful or two of almond butter. I really just eyeball things, and that is healthier for me because I, again, am trying to stay away from being obsessive. So I can't give you the measurements, but <laughs> I think that with a protein smoothie, you can't really screw it up too bad. So kind of chuck it all in there and sort it out yourself. Um, let's see. 
protein intake as a vegetarian. Um, yeah, that's difficult. So I was vegetarian for over a year. Um, I'm currently not anymore. However, I don't eat any like cow meat for some reason. It makes me really ill. Um, and I I thought it was in my head at first. I got really sick after having like a really nice steak and I was like, ah, that must've been a bad steak. But then it was like the next time I tried to eat, you know, beef, I was like, whoa, this is, I am sick. And it's been like three times in a row spread out where I immediately had really sharp stomach pains after eating like beef or steak products. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm cutting that out. So currently I, um, eat poultry. I eat chicken and turkey, and those are the only meats that I eat. And I eat probably one meal a day has like a good amount of animal protein from either chicken or turkey. And I feel really good eating that way. Um, I know lots of people have a lot to say about vegetarianism and veganism. Again, I said this, I really got on my pedestal with this in the last nutrition episode, but guys, let's just keep in mind nutrition is individual. We can disagree with people without being hateful or criticizing or condemning. Okay. Um, Let's see. Have you ever followed a cut bulk reverse diet and what is your experience with it? So I have cut because when I first started counting macros, I was eating under my maintenance calories per se or at maintenance calories, but I've never been through bulking and cutting cycles. That has just not been my goal. I would rather go slow and steady and I'm not a bikini competitor. Like I'm not here to do physique competitions. I want to live my best, healthiest life. I want to perform in the gym and I want to feel really good first and foremost and have energy. So my goal, I'm not trying to, you know, be super shredded one season of the year and put on more muscle and do it again the next. It's like, I just, I just want to live my best life. So no, I don't really go through, um, that kind of stuff. If, if, and when I'm cutting, it's a mild cut and it's not even super intentional. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, let's see. I'm struggling with eating well. How do you stick to it? I think it would go back to, you know, making those ones like one small change at a time. But another tip that comes to mind is really to remember that like, keep a mindset of abundance. I've talked about this before, but it, I will stick with it every time. If your efforts, if your efforts in eating, you know, quote, well or healthy, and you're struggling to stick to that, it's probably because you are trying to restrict or cut certain things out and then you give in and you fail and you're in that negative cycle. But what if instead you didn't focus on what you can't have or what you think you shouldn't have, but you decided to think, Hey, I'm going to give my body more protein. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to eat more vegetables, more micronutrients, more fruit, um, more whole foods. Look at it from a positive place and you are going to be setting yourself up for more success. Um, Okay. Sorry. There's so many guys. I'm trying to make sure we're not repeating things too much. Um, I'm having a good amount of macros, but I still feel so hungry. What should I do? Eat more. 
And I think that you'll notice that your hunger cues will fluctuate monthly. Mine always have to do with my cycle. And it used to madden me. I'd have a week where I just felt ravenous, right? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to blow my macros or I don't want, you know, I felt like if I ate more than my allotted macros, then I was a failure. That is going into the danger zone. I really, really would advise that you eat when you are hungry and there will be weeks and seasons where you're hungrier and there's a reason and that is okay. Now, if you have goals that you're sticking to and your mental relationship with food is overall good, then you know, choose to eat more of things that are more nutritious, right? Choose to eat more protein, more vegetables, more fruits, um, more whole foods and less empty calories because that probably won't make you feel very good either. I'm talking like physically speaking, but honor your hunger. That is so, so, so important. Um, fruit, healthy or too much sugar. Okay. Listen, (laughs) Anyone who tells you that eating fruit is bad for you because of the sugar, oh my God, I actually can't. I mean, I can because I've seen it myself. And yes, fruit has natural sugars, but guess what? Your body doesn't actually know. Sugars are carbs, okay? If we're talking about macronutrients, right? And the, you know, say you have like Jolly Ranchers or I don't know, what's like a candy, like just a pure candy. You eat, you know, a handful of Sour Patch Kids, or you eat an apple, right? Those, both of those things, like a palmful of Sour Patch Kids and a whole apple probably have about 25 grams of carbs. They're, it's pure carbs. The apple is healthier for you, okay? There are micronutrients in the apple. There's fiber in the apple. Fruit is a whole food source. And I don't care how much research comes out about the sugar of fruit, I will never, ever say that it is bad. In fact, personally, in my own um, experience with eating and my education surrounding nutrition, and just like what feels right in my soul, I will never limit fruits or vegetables. I will eat as much of those whole foods, those delicious, beautiful nature's candy as I want. And I encourage you to do the same. Um, Let's see. How do you drink your coffee? And when you want a sweet treat, what do you usually have? I drink my coffee all kinds of ways because I love coffee every day. I love coffee. And if I'm having drip coffee, okay, say we're doing drip coffee, then I brew it fresh and then I have a splash of milk and a splash of creamer, both. That is how I take it. I love the um, zero sugar creamers from Coffee Mate. I know that they aren't natural and blah, 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 and there's probably bad things in there, but that's what I like and I'm just being honest, you guys, okay? Now, I also love lattes. So if I'm gonna do like an espresso drink, I'm gonna have a latte and I usually don't sweeten my lattes at all because the milk, it just makes it so creamy and sweet already and my favorite milk is the milk that is double pasteurized and lactose-free. So I'm not lactose intolerant, but I love, there's a couple different brands. I know Fair Life is one. I think Carb Master might be another 
I don't know. There's a few brands popping up now, but there are milks out there that have double the protein or close to double the protein content and about half the carbs of like straight dairy milk. And those are what we drink and they're lactose free and they just, I feel great on it. So that's how I have my coffee. Um, let's see protein before or after workouts. I always think it's, you know, it's ideal to eat some protein after your session do I do it every day? Absolutely not. Do I think it's like something, you know, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. Ultimately, ultimately, you guys, it is calories in versus calories out. And it actually matters less than everyone's trying to tell you when you're eating your food. It matters what you're eating and how much you're eating. It matters less when you're eating it. You don't need to worry about not eating past eight or starving yourself till noon. Like it's truly ultimately about calories in versus calories out. And you need to prioritize thinking about what you're eating, the nutrient contents of those foods, and how much portion control before you're worrying about what times of the day you're eating. But yeah, ideally have some protein after your workout, sure. How to avoid overeating. This is a tough one and a very personal one because I have struggled with binging a lot in my life. The fact is most people who struggle with overeating, especially more extreme overeating, it is less about food and it is more about other things. Um, this one, if you're personally struggling with binging or just, you know, overeating consistently to the point of like feeling sick or very uncomfortable or purging, please go and seek professional help. Please there, you can heal and you can learn and navigate out of this, but it is so important that you understand the root cause for you and your motive. Um, and I fucking love you and it's okay. And you're not a failure. You're amazing. I know how hard that can be to navigate. Um, so give yourself some grace. Um, what do I didn't answer the sweet treat portion of that other question. So what want a sweet treat? What do I usually have? I love fruit. I have so much fruit. If I want like something sweet, I have fruit. Or if I want something specific, like a donut or a piece of chocolate or a cupcake, I have it because gone are the days where I have these sweeping hard restrictions. Absolutely not. I eat what I want. And I think it's such an empowering tool for nutrition in general to understand, like I alluded to earlier, that as a grown ass adult, you can eat whatever the hell you want, whenever you want. That's actually exceptionally empowering and freeing. If you realize like that donut, you don't have to eat six of them because you could have a donut every day, a fresh one for the rest of your life. If you so desire it, if you prioritize that, because you are an adult and you get to make those choices. And for me, realizing that, like these foods and these cravings and these sugary things that I viewed as temptations for so long or that I viewed as bad, they're not going anywhere. And it helped me like relax a little bit and be like, wow, yeah, okay, so I'm gonna have a bite and then, or I'm gonna have a whole one and then that's gonna be it because I can have it whenever I want. So there's no urgency. There's no like feverish, like, oh, I'm gonna eat myself sick right now. And then on Monday, never again, I'm going to just eat clean. That never worked for me. And it actually doesn't work for anyone. So when you realize that you're in control, none of your food choices are going anywhere. 
it actually allows you to enjoy and indulge in a much healthier and balanced way. Um, supplements, so many questions about supplements, supplements in general, worth it or a waste of money in general, I'm going to err on the waste of money side. I don't take any supplements at all, save the occasional pre-workout, which is new to me. Um, in my whole career, I used to take BCAAs to be honest, you guys, I never felt or saw a difference between when I did or when I didn't. And that's just the God's honest truth. And let me tell you, I was doing everything to the T by the book. I mean, if you're training super hard and you're on a, you know, kick-ass workout plan like power and you're eating perfect macros and blah, 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 and then you take certain supplements, sure, it might like do a little something, but ultimately, no. And especially I have an issue with the salespeople who are telling you to take these supplements without, like you're not exercising, you're not paying attention to your diet overall, but take these supplements. That's that's not it, okay? Focus first on just eating real food and, again, fueling your body to feel your best. I think supplements can be good. I don't think they're necessary. Um, I think lots of them are far overhyped. One thing that I am curious about is a greens powder because I have hated every greens powder I've ever tried, and I've tried a ton, and I do feel like that would be good for your body just to kind of, you know, help you get more micronutrients and things. Um, because even though I do force feed myself vegetables or I enjoy some types of vegetables now and very regularly, I think a greens powder could be good, but am I going to say like, it's going to cure everything? Absolutely not. Um, let's see. We're going to get to the meal ideas and the protein sources here soon. Is it better to eat anything ASP after workout or better to wait and get quality protein? Uh, I don't really think it matters, honestly. And I know that might not be the answer you want to hear, but some days I eat right after because I'm really hungry and some days I don't because I'm not hungry yet. And I think that that's more important or most important. Um. Lots about my personal journey, which we've already gone through. Okay. How often should I eat when training in power or power fusion if the goal is to build muscle and drop fat? Um, what calorie deficit for weight training will still achieve muscle and shred the fat for body composition? People say abs are made in kitchen, not in the gym. What does this mean if it is a personal goal? Okay. So clearly there's a lot of people who are wanting to lose body fat and build muscle, which I do think are worthy goals. Again, if you're going about those goals in healthy and sustainable ways, then have at it and go for it. And I will reiterate what I said before. I think you need to start by making sure that you're eating at least 100 grams of protein every day. And if you want to get really serious about it and you can safely mentally do so, then look into um, figuring out your total daily energy expenditure and getting a macro plan and doing a moderate or mild cut, which just means you're eating slightly under your maintenance calories and then be patient be patient. I promise you it's tempting to want to just dive into this massive cut 
and eat way below your maintenance calories, but that is not the path. I promise. Um, what's your take on fat loss supplements? I don't use them. Um, I never have. Well, I have, I definitely have, but not since like my career, right? Not since I've actually known anything about nutrition back in the day, I would take whatever someone was trying to sell me telling me that would, you know, burn off the fat, but I'm not a fan. I don't think they're necessary. Um, and that's not the path that I would go. Is it true that you can't out train a bad diet? There are so many nuances again to nutrition your genetics play a huge role. I know people, I know women who really can eat whatever they want and their body just stays the same. And it actually doesn't really matter if they're training or how much they're training. I know women who are the opposite of that. So I feel like it wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to professionally and adequately answer that question because there are too many variables. Um, lots of people wanting meal ideas. Okay, let's see. How to deal with being around people who often speak negatively about sugar, fats, fast food, etc. This is such a good one and such a hard one. Um, here's the thing. So many people have good intentions, right? Some people are really at a place in their journey where they think they will never, ever eat a bite of any fast food, period, the end, and people who do so are poisoning themselves. And I understand where they're coming from, you know? Like, I can't blame someone for thinking that way. I can't say that they're wrong. But ultimately, guess what? My healthy diet, which I would say is very healthy, it incorporates occasional fast food. And I'm not about to change that. I don't really want to change that. Um, it really... When how to deal with people around you talking negatively about eating is the same way that you deal with people around you talking negatively about anything, which is you remember that first and foremost, their opinion is none of your business. And especially if it's directed at you, what they think of you is none of your business. Let them think what they want. Let them say what they want. If it is in direct um, relation to you or, God forbid, your child, you need to put up boundaries. You need to gently correct them and stick up for yourself or your child. But if they're just sharing their opinions and you disagree, you just need to agree to disagree and let it go because odds are you're not going to be changing their mind anytime soon and your energy and time is far better spent focusing on your own mindset of abundance, on fueling your body to feel your best, even if that looks exceptionally different from what whatever this person is saying is. Um, tips for drinking water when I don't feel thirsty, but I'm dehydrated. Oh man. My biggest tip for drinking water is always carry water with you. When I got my handy dandy Stanley cup, it changed my life. I carry it everywhere with me. And I am one of those girls. And honestly, it's way easier to drink water when it's always in your hand, when it's always right in front of you. And I have a goal to drink three of them every day. And I'm able to do that because it's always within my sight. 
Um, there's a lot of other things you can do, like set a little reminder on your phone every hour, drink like four to eight ounces of water. That's not hard. Like four to eight ounces, that's not hard at all. And that's about what your body can absorb every hour anyway. And so if you focus on just eating or drinking a little bit, um, all throughout the day, then you're going to be in great shape. So lots of different tips and tricks, putting, infusing it, right. Putting some frozen fruits in there, um, different flavors for water. I mean, there's so many different ways to infuse your water, and and make it taste better essentially so that you actually want to drink it. I do that sometimes too. That works great. Um and okay, I don't want this episode to run on too too long. Let me see. Okay. This is a good one. How did you find peace with food and not always eating perfect? Honestly, I got so sick of feeling like shit. Um, and honestly, it hurts me more and it's more damaging for me to constantly criticize and shame myself and, and guilt myself for not eating a certain way than it is for me to eat quote, unhealthy or unclean foods. And that's how I was able to find my peace. I was able to understand what my triggers were, why they were there, um, why at different times in my life, disordered eating has become an issue or arisen, how I was able to heal that. And and it's a journey, guys. But I think ultimately your peace, you have to let go of perfect, first of all. The goal should never be to be perfect about anything. The goal should be to live your most authentic, fullest life. That's your healthiest life. And if eating a certain way or eating super strictly is is weighing on you, that's not healthy. So you need to find peace in knowing that your mental health matters the most. And that will allow you a lot more food freedom. Okay. I think I've touched on most of these. Let's go ahead and... I'm just like, sorry guys, I should have cold these all before and I had every intention to, but then it was like, I was running out of time and it was either go through them and put off the episode or just record it. So here we are. Um, we're winging it. Okay. I think I've gone through most of the topics. I apologize if I did not get to yours or touch on what you asked. This won't be the last nutrition episode. In fact, I do want to bring on, um, some, some people who I actually trust and agree with in the industry who have a deeper knowledge of food science and nutrition that do coach and consult. And I think that that would be a really cool episode to do as well for some of the more particular questions. Maybe we could have you guys submit um, more of your personal information, get some you know more specific answers for your personal situation. But we're going to end this episode by sharing some of my current go-to meals. All of these are high protein. So I have three things that are absolutely 
favorites on repeat right now in the house. The first one is a soy garlic chicken um, with like a homemade salsa over rice. It is so easy. You take chicken, frozen or fresh, whatever, you put it in the crock pot, you pour um, some a generous amount of low sodium soy sauce over the chicken, and then you dump in a bunch of garlic. You can either use fresh garlic or like the kind in a jar. You know I'm using the jar kind because I can't be bothered. And I put probably like a tablespoon of garlic per chicken breast. Like I love garlic and I love my food to be flavored. In fact, the chicken that I like best is the chicken that does not taste like chicken, right? So soy garlic chicken, chicken in the crock pot, cover it in soy sauce, garlic, let it cook low and slow until it just falls apart. Oh, so good. So savory. And then I make a fresh salsa, which is inspired by my friend who's actually an excellent and amazing cook and chef. Her name's Larkin Kendall. And I do mango and or pineapple and I chop it up like really, really fine. And then I do um, basil, fresh basil. And then I do, um, let's see, lime juice and red onion. And I chop that all up together, let it marinate. And I put that on top of the chicken over rice, delicious 10 out of 10. Um, the second one is like ch- baked chicken nuggets. So I get chicken breasts. I chop them into like small bite-sized pieces. I spray them with like olive oil cooking spray and I season it with ranch powder seasoning and garlic salt and I toss it and then I bake it on a cookie sheet and then flip it and bake it some more. And they make just, oh, it's so good, like little chicken nuggets. And we serve it in like, I'll throw it on any salad or over rice with any other type of veggie, 10 out of 10. Last but not least, I have this spicy pasta dish I do. Um, like I like a chicken sausage. The brand I use is I think called Adele's. And I will chop it up fine and saute that in like some garlic salt and tahini seasoning. And then I will take um, yellow squash and zucchini and chop it up and saute that also in garlic salt and tahini. And then I'll warm up like marinara sauce and do protein pasta and just like mix it all together absolutely delicious. And then go to snacks. I do a Greek parfait, um, Greek ranch with vegetables. So get tons of raw veggies and get like plain non-fat Greek yogurt and mix it with ranch seasoning. Love that. Turkey roll-ups. So I'll get like sliced turkey or deli turkey and put like some veggies and mustard and buffalo sauce and roll that up. Um, and protein bars. My favorite protein bars are power crunch bars, built bars, and barbell protein bars. Those are all processed. Most of the less processed ones have nuts, so I can't eat them. But those three are like absolute candy bars. I'm obsessed. Um, So yeah, there you guys have it. I hope that this wasn't too long for you. I hope that you found it super helpful. Um, I hope you always know I'm in your corner and you're doing better than you think you are and you're amazing. And I love you so much.